Welcome to the family with Mike Gelfin and Andy Brampernard. We are here, ladies and gentlemen, Galfano in studio. What could be better than that? <sighs> it's just like a tall lemonade on a hot summer day. That's exactly what it is, no question. I was just looking at the, uh, the headlines in the Star Tribune today, and um, basically... Uh, study trendy weight loss drugs could be a waste for Minnesotans and health plans. What is, what, what, why it's is that? Probably the uh, diabetes drugs, if I had to guess. Oh, you think those, so? Ozempic and that kind of thing. Oh, They're those are weight loss drugs? Very trendy because of the Kardashians, I think. Well, there's the oh, new thing, God. this new drug. What, what's, the, what's the name of the new drug that everyone's taking now to lose, lose weight? I think, I think that is Ozempic. I think it is Ozempic. Or, that's the one? Ozempic, and then there's another one. Yeah, I'm thinking of the other one. Uh, it says the results question the cost effectiveness of injectable drugs such as Wagovia and Saxenda. Whatever the hell those I are. I don't know what they are. I have heard of Wagovia. I never heard of Saxenda before. Widely promoted across social media, said David Lassen, uh, Prime's chief clinical officer. GLP-1A drugs and their use for weight loss have, been, uh, have taken the healthcare industry by storm, but uh, several issues must be resolved, they're saying. First of all, yeah, a little spendy, $7,727. Jesus. If they can get it. They're going to get it. I suppose that's true. I suppose that's absolutely true. Yeah, it just goes on and on about, uh, I don't, uh, you know, I, I could dig deeper in it, whatever, but those weight loss drugs, has there ever been a weight loss drug that actually did work without harming you? Without harming you? No, not really. No, I didn't think there so. There have been a lot have... of trendy stuff that turned out to be not so good for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that I remember, but one that actually works and that is, that doesn't harm your health. I don't remember anything. Mm-hmm. No, I got to be honest with you. You're absolutely... What well, was that one If it existed, they'd all be taking it. Yeah. yeah, true. What is that one thing that was from about like 15, 20 years ago? Was, I know. I'm uh, trying to think of that. What was it? It was a combo of two things, I think. Oh, the... Um, I think it was basically meth. It was just meth? Yeah. Pretty close, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty close to it. You're right, yeah. Yeah, meth, you know, that's the Obitrol? thing about meth. It's ages. What is it? Obitrol? No, it's not the one I was thinking. I can't of. remember. That was, was literally just amphetamine salts. Because the big one was the one that people were getting at, like, at health stores. Yes. It, it was not a prescription thing. And it was, oh, okay. It had two names. It was like Feta or Fena. Yes, or yes, Fenton, yes. Mm-hmm. Fena, Fena something. Feta something, yep. Feta something. Feta something. Yeah. I can't remember it. And it wasn't because it was, uh, was related to cheese either. Oh, I love feta cheese. It was more like it was related. It's closer to fentanyl than feta cheese. You're probably right. But neither. And he's trying to dig it up right He'll now. He'll find it. Right? He uh, always does. I can try. I don't have a whole lot to go on. Uh, Old drug that sounds like the word feta. Well, go with uh, herbal, med- med- herbal, herbal remedy, maybe. Weight loss herbal remedy or health stores. Yeah, something Ephedra? like that. Ephedra? Yeah, that was it. Was it ephedra? Yep, that okay. was it. There you go. Ephedra. And it was... That is a plant. If it, they, they, they paired it with something else, though. Yeah, they did, yeah. But I can't remember what the hell it was. But yeah, so none of this stuff has ever worked all that great, huh? Well, magical remedies are very rare. Well, that's well yeah, true. and if they worked, obesity rates wouldn't be skyrocketing throughout the entire world. Yep, well, that's right. Almost as if something's causing them and they're not just, you know, a magic curse that were placed on your bloodline. Somebody told me, I I don't know this to be the truth, but somebody told me that women suffer the most because a lot of these products that that, that are given to women to do things like lose weight or get in better shape actually make them gain weight. Well, it depends. That makes sense. (laughs) Birth control causes weight gain a lot. 
Yeah. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Well, that's of course that's a natural phenomenon. It's not like yes, something. Yes, it is. It's not like it's not supposed to happen. Yeah, you make your body think you're pregnant, and it acts like you're pregnant, and then you get all surprised. Yeah. Oh, that's a very good point. I never even thought of it that way. But you're absolutely right. I'm just pregnant with insights. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean like when and, you lied and, and pauses, pregnant pauses. <laughs> yes, pregnant pauses. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you already lied to me about Bidet Makaska. Or, is it Bidet Makaska or Bidet Makaska? It's like Calhoun. Yeah, I, th- I think you like were Calhoun. right the second time, yeah. B- Bidet Ma- Makaska. I think that's, that's the... That's what I've heard. Yeah. Well, I, I, was, I was just joshing when I said I was cutting the ribbon today. You were not joshing. Because I'd be you the last guy probably who would get that gig, you know. So today is is the opening of Bidet Makaska or Makaska. Yeah, the pavilion, yeah. The pavilion. The yeah. pavilion. Yeah. Uh, that used to be, well, my brother Todd worked at the old pavilion. It was just the Calhoun uh, pavilion. Yeah. He worked there renting boats and all that good stuff. Sure. Uh, many, many. We have yeah, quite the right. family history with that. You could rent a canoe there. I just, I know this sounds really, and I hope it doesn't sound negative because I don't mean to be negative, but I would love to go down and hang around uh, the, the new pavilion. But I got to believe a pavilion like that these days is going to attract the worst of the worst. Oh, I'm sure. Isn't that sad? Well, there are going to be a lot of people there. There are going to be a lot of people there, and some are going to be there to stir the pot, <laughs> to cause trouble. People just love to do that now. They, go to, they love to go to happy places and cause trouble. Well, look at the bright side. If this were in New York, say, yes. there would be protesters from every direction. That's true. No, they're probably, that's probably not going to happen I here. wouldn't think so. Why? I mean, we celebrate our lakes. The land of 10,000 is actually, what, 15,280 or something? It's more than 10, yeah. It's more than 10,000, I know that. But yeah. I, I just would like to enjoy it and not have to listen to criticism from anyone for enjoying my life. I went to uh, the Hubbard Building yesterday. So I'm going down 95, 94, and I get off on the uh, University Avenue exit. Right. And I take a left, and about two blocks going west, about two blocks away from the Hubbard Building, there's a dazzling urbanite in the middle of the road screaming at the top of his lungs, F you, and giving everyone who went by the finger car by car. Oh, that's interesting. So he, he shared with people. He was sharing with people. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out if the guy maybe needed help or some damn thing or whatever. So I rolled down my window, mm. and he just stared at me and turned away. He wouldn't come near me. Yeah, I'm probably talking about a pretty significant mental illness That's there. what I'm thinking. So could have been schizophrenia. It could have been schizophrenia. But I just figured if I you know, may give the guy a hand or what the hell. Because I knew it wasn't just some guy being a dink. Right. I mean, there's something seriously wrong, but but he the second I rolled down my window and he didn't have that barrier, mm. he didn't like that at all. He just kind of turned, yeah, that's and turned and walked away. Yeah. It makes total sense. Boy, I'm getting a lot of phone calls today. I don't know why that is. I'm going to have to turn my phone off. Well, the listeners so. are bound to, bound to find you. You think that's what it is? Throngs. Throngs of them, ladies and gentlemen. All heading for uh, what I like to call a Calhoun. I still don't understand why they didn't just... What I would have done with that lake, I would have changed the name to Calhoun, only to be after the, the lawyer on Amos and Andy. <laughs> His name was Calhoun. Yeah, that's right, yeah. I loved that Calhoun. I thought he was very, very entertaining. He was always pissed off about everything. But I don't know. Yeah, look, I, I just, I'm hoping, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, because they did a beautiful job. I've, I've not been in it, obviously. It hasn't opened yet, but driving by oh, it. Oh, yeah. I've been, I've it's gorgeous. Been, I've been watching it develop because yeah. you know like when i when i have to go to 
someplace in, say, south Minneapolis or mm-hmm. Richfield or something, I, I can't drive on highways anymore. No, I understand that. Uh, because of my eyes. But So I always wind up going down, going around Lake Calhoun and then Love taking it. the King's Highway. To King, get to South Minneapolis. Oh, the King's Highway, right by the graveyard, baby. Yeah, I love it. The King's Highway, <laughs> which is actually DuPont Avenue. It's DuPont Which Avenue. is actually just one big pothole. <laughs> I think the King would find another highway. Why is it the King's Highway? I've never understood that. I, I, I guess that we could find out, but I don't know. There's got to be a reason for it that, that they named it King's Highway. And maybe they thought it would just improve property values. You know who's buried right there by King's Highway? Uh, Hubert Humphrey. Hubert Humphrey's one of them, but there's another big, uh, big star that uh, died of a heart attack in Minneapolis, and he he was buried here for some. He's not from here. Who who is it? But he was buried here. Sang tiptoe through the tulips. Oh, really? Yep. Um, uh, yeah. Tommy Two Tone or whatever his name. Not is. Tommy Two Tone. <laughs> it's close though. Right. It is close enough. What is his name? I I'm can't tell you. Come on. Oh, you're not gonna tell. No. You're gonna make him look it up. Timmy something. Tiny yep. Tim. Tiny, Tiny Tim. Tim. There That's exactly you go. Was. Yeah, I, I had to say it. I had to blurt it out. <laughs> Tiny <laughs> Tim, had, he was really ahead of his time. Yeah, I would agree with that. A lot of things. He was simultaneously way ahead and way behind. Yeah, he kind of was. That makes sense. But for those of us who are uh, germophobics, mm-hmm. we could connect with him. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was big on that. Now, he took it a little too far. Well, did you know this, Andy, that Tiny Tim, every time he had to poop... <laughs> he had to take a shower afterwards yeah afterwards huh. after every time he he dropped a deuce he had to take a shower yeah. cuz he couldn't stand the thought of that being anywhere near him well i mean there is a time and a place for that <laughs> you got <laughs> but not every true. time no no not every time <laughs> I mean, but, you, know, you know when you have an extreme evacuation yes mm-hmm. i could see that yeah but I yeah i would think most people would just use baby wipes or something that would be good yeah that's fine i never got to meet him did you ever meet him i never did when did he die Oh, God, he's been dead, what, in like at least 10 years. And you know what? Now these days when I say at least 10 years, it turns <laughs> least, out to be like 25. Yeah, yeah, I was going right. to say at least 10. Try 28. 28 years ago he Almost died? 27 in November. Oh, my now, God. Now, what about his, mm-hmm. his wife, Miss, what was it, Miss something? Miss Vicky. Miss Vicky, yes. He was married to did, Miss Vicky. Did that marriage last? I don't know. It was on the Carson show. that be show. Victoria Budinger? Budinger, yep. Yeah. Uh, they got divorced in 1977. Yeah. When did they get that. married? 1969. Oh, so they lasted eight years, Well, though. it's, it's, it's the usual thing, the seven-year itch, you know? Yeah, that's true. In his case, the itch was probably in his rectum, but still. Thank you. And I'm not saying because of the sex. I'm just saying because he was, because you know. the poop thing. Pooping, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. No question about I, I realized in the middle of that, it could have and taken another way. Mm-hmm. How did he... I know that Johnny Carson blew him up as far as his career was concerned, yeah. but how did he even get to the Tonight Show? Well, and as you said, he was married on that show. He was married on that show. That's exactly yeah, right. I don't know. Speaking. I don't know how that thing happened. But this guy would sing the same song, Tiptoe Tip-toe Through, through the, the Tulips, tulips yeah. every time. Yep. He was not funny. He was played, not interesting. Played the ukulele, didn't he? Played the ukulele. Yeah. That's exactly right. And didn't play it very well. No. <laughs> but how did he get so big? Because he was just weird to people. I don't know. I mean, I've never understood that. How people blow up so it huge. It could have been almost anyone when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, but we don't have a Tiny Tim now. Anybody like that, well, do well, we? I wonder if we do. Yeah, you never know. Johnny Carson was a whole thing unto himself, wasn't he? He was so good at that job that he could get away with something like that. He was great at it. And then apparently he was just a horrible human being off the show. That's what I understand. They all kind of are. Well, he's from... 
you know, Nebraska, so, so what do you expect? Yeah. You know, well, that's the thing. Different. You know, he had that Midwestern boy kind of sheen. So everyone assumed that he was just, you know, a good old, good old boy from Nebraska. But I don't know. He, he, he had a lot of issues himself. Remember the Mike Wallace story about interviewing his mother? No. Oh, God. Andy, you ever heard this story? Uh, maybe. Mike Wallace, one of the great reporters of all time, worked for CBS for years. Great guy, actually. Used to have him on the yep. show once in a while. Just a really, really nice man. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> no, I lost my train of thought because I was just picturing, uh, no, I did not. So he was, he was asking, he was talking to the mother of Johnny Carson. He was talking Carson. to the mother of Johnny Carson, and he said, why don't we watch tonight's episode and then continue the interview, mm-hmm. right? So they sat down, time for the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Johnny comes out, does the monologue, about four, five, six minutes, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Right around five minutes, usually. He came out and did the monologue. Mike Wallace sitting next to Johnny Carson's mother. The monologue ends, they go to commercial, and Mom turns to Mike Wallace and says, that was horrible. (laughs) About her own son. So maybe that gives us some insight. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it does, Mike. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Isn't it amazing that you can't be happy for your own child? Uh, well, Why? I maybe know. it was horrible. We'll never know. Well, maybe yeah. Maybe the monologue sucked. <laughs> maybe she know. was right. But it's your mother. <laughs> she should like it anyway. Well, I, I told you the story. I think about the time my mother came to see my handicapping show at the track. Oh, really? So yeah. So my my mother liked she. My mother thought of herself as you know somewhat jaunty and maybe a little risque. You know, mm-hmm. she. I don't know why, but she grew up in North Minneapolis, so you can understand. Sure. And uh, so she uh, she got my dad to take her to the track, and this was in the early days of Canterbury, and they, they were like you know, uh, especially on like a Saturday, there were 150, 200 people maybe who would come and look at my and and. And would come to the show, which was at the Canterbury Inn, mm-hmm. right down the street. Sure. So there were a lot of people there that day. There were probably 200 people. There must have been a big pick six carryover. And so um, I, uh, I I paused during the show and I said, I just want to, you know, my mother's here today, and uh, and uh, and I stand up, mom, and. She stood up and people applauded. Oh you know, I thought God. it was a big moment for my mom. Oh God! And you know, I didn't even like her that much, so no, that I was a big thing. Me. That was a big thing for me to do. And uh, so, uh, but that particular day, I did very poorly. My picks sucked, and I got one pick right. I got one race right, and uh, so that was a very unusual. Usually, I'd get three or four right. That'd sure. be kind of a, a standard thing, but it just wasn't going my way that day. So, uh, <coughs> next day. It's about, uh, about 1, 2 in the afternoon, like the time when my mother usually was getting out of bed. And uh, so she called me, and, uh, and I picked up the phone. I said, hello. And my mom said, Mike? <coughs> I said, yeah, what's going on, Mom? She said, oh, I just thought I'd call to say hello. Like She was really laying it on thick, right? Really? Yeah. And I said, okay, Mom. Let's just let's just get right cut right to the chase. What's wrong? She said, "Oh, there's there's nothing wrong." I said, "Mom, what's bothering you today?" She said, "No, there's nothing nothing wrong. I just I I just couldn't sleep last night at all." I said, "Okay, mom, why couldn't you sleep?" She said, "Well, I, I was so worried that they would fire you because your <laughs> picks were so bad." <laughs> I have to go cough. Sorry. Sure. Oh God. Here's a cough button. <coughs> mm. This this thing is bigger than the cough button. Apparently. It's, oh God, yes. It's uh, it, it might. 
Might might be because of those Canadian fires, you think? Well, aren't those pretty much over? I haven't seen too much. Well, the fires aren't over, but I think the smoke has mostly wafted, what, to the east? Wherever it's Toward Europe, apparently. Europe? It's a ways away. That's how bad bad it's it's been, and it continues. I don't Mm. know that they're making much progress on those fires, are they? Well, it's got to burn out sometime once they're out of trees. Well, yeah, that could take a while, though. There's a lot of trees there. There's a lot of trees. Yeah, well, maybe too many, but still, yeah, it's a thing. It's nature healing itself, saying, let's get rid of some of these. Well, uh, yeah, and that's the bright side. Mm -hmm. That's like looking at it optimistically. What's that, me coughing? No, the uh, the Canadian fires. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's part of this? I think it's part of it. Yeah. But I don't think it's the real, I don't think it's the, the whole story, even most of it. But we're seeing a lot of things we never saw before. I have had a this for, for two weeks. This is the 14th day I have of this. And my right nostril is still plugged up. What the hell is this? Well, it might have been from those, all those days when the, the, the air was unfit to breathe. Well, that might have been it. I've always said, you know, the, the, un, the air is unfit for ma- my air is unfit for many people to breathe. Oh, that's true. So do you think it was the Canadian I smoke? think it had to be part of it, yeah. yeah and then so. the, the effects mm-hmm. of that are lingering, by the way. That's what I understand, because like I said, this is the 14th day I can't stop coughing. That was some bad stuff, oh, and it yeah, still it sure is. It's was. just not, it's not right over us right now. Mm-hmm. And it, well, I was saying to Andy, it's, you know, it's heading toward Europe. Oh, that's right, it is. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, that happened, it used to happen every year. They're going to have Canadian forest fires well, right. every year. Right, oh, right, yeah. some fires, <laughs> right, exactly. Why do they get so big, though? Heat. So just the heat keeps, there are too many people on Earth, aren't there? Eighteen and a half billion. Well, yeah, but there's but there's just too much heat, and and what's going on now is a phenomenon that uh, scientists say maybe maybe hasn't happened in a hundred thousand years. What's that? It's just the the global warming, the fact that everything is so hotter now, the oceans rising, everything. It you know that can happen naturally over a course of thousands, tens of thousands of years. Right. It can't happen naturally over the course of a few years. No, it cannot. So, you know, and that's why, that's why they're saying right now that, that the, the, biggest, the biggest problem, the, you know, uh, the more deaths that are coming from this heat wave, that's, that's bigger than, I'm trying to remember exactly, but it's bigger than, than the number of people dying, say, from hurricanes, tornadoes, yeah, other phenomena. Yeah, I can see that, yes. yeah. It's, it's heat now. And what worries me is that we're going to see, we're gonna see uh, power grids failing. <clears throat> because of all the people, people got their air conditioning jacked up. So, you know, one thing you can do, uh, I guess, is just, you know, put it at 78 instead of like 72. So I have a question for you. Why didn't this start in the Eastern Hemisphere? Or did it? I don't know. That's a good question. Because that's where all the people are. Right. I mean, that's what, I think there were, what, 1.7 billion people in the Western Hemisphere and about... Right around seven and a half billion. Oh, there got to be a lot of people dying in places like India, for example. Yeah, you would oh, think God. so. Yeah, where it's always hot anyway, and now it's yeah. like 115, 120 degrees in some days. That's that, a little warm. Well, it's just that you know your body can't handle that. So I yeah. just quit this job because I'm I'm gonna roast to death anyway. Oh well, I think uh, I think roasting to death is still a decade away. So I think you're okay. You got now. ten years. Yeah. I mean, it is something to worry about for grandchildren, kids, oh, yeah, and all I, that. I would thing. agree. So, is there any way to stop it? Well, there is, but you know, you got to stop 
flooding the planet with with carbon dioxide with people too yeah well people and yeah well they expel carbon dioxide or carbon monoxide or some damn oxide yeah well right but it's not the main source at this point obviously no but but you know a lot of people consuming a lot of energy that's certainly part of it yeah but you know it's uh the countries countries like china and india Mm -hmm. you know they're the worst offenders yeah by far yeah Uh, and also, of course, it's the denial that, that that's feeding it too. There is a lot of denial there, and that's From the world. Well, it's a political thing now, and it didn't yeah. used to be yeah, political. Right. I mean, who started the EPA? It was Richard Nixon. Yeah, that's so right. That, yeah, that's right. Exactly. Both parties agreed we got to do something about this. Right. But everything is politicized now. Uh, everything. If might. one party says yes, the other party says no. We were talking about that on the morning show this morning with you know with Rudy and and Brittany. The fact that no matter what it is, it's political. Oh, yeah. It's like, but here's the problem, and I brought this up to Brittany, um, and I'll just put myself in the position, not that I've been attacked repeatedly, but I have been in the past, mm. and the reason that I don't tend to do that kind of thing, unless somebody deserves it, yeah, is that, well, let me put it this way, Mike. I go after you. I've just gone after, well, you're not married, so I can't, but let's see, you, know, you still were. Mm. I go after you. I'm hurting your wife. Your mm-hmm. children. My mushbuka. Your mushbuka. That's As we exactly say. right. Yeah. But why don't people understand when you attack someone, you're attacking actually about 10 people? Well, I guess if you can't understand what you're, the damage you're doing by attacking one, right. you're not going to, yeah. Why don't people care about that then, you think? Uh, it's political identity. It's a, lot of, it's a lot of things, but it's we're being, we're being urged to hate people. Every There's day, no doubt about Everything it. Everything we do, yep. people get on the internet immediately. They're being urged to hate people. They are. That's why I don't go on the internet. You know, that's why. You know, that's why Twitter. That's why I guess Elon Musk thought he was going to be the most important man in the world because yeah. he was going to control <clears throat> speech. Yes. And, and speech, increasingly, and certainly on Twitter, is about hate. Oh, it's certainly on all of them. All of them are. About well, sure, hate, of course, they? right. I yeah. think. I mean, I don't like. I said I don't go on that social media bullshit. I have no interest. In well, that I think whatsoever. it's less so on on some, but uh, I'm not an expert. So. So what did what is what did Musk do to make it so hateful? Well, he didn't make it hateful. Oh, he didn't. Okay. But he was attracted to it because it was so hateful. Oh, I thought he was going to get rid of all that. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what he was talking about. Yeah, well, that's what he was talking about. He talked about a lot of things, but the thing is that he's. You know, I think he had. I think he had the right idea because he wanted to control speech. I think he had the right idea. That, well, if I have Twitter, but now you're seeing these other platforms, right. and they're doing pretty well. Yeah, they are doing very well. Yeah. And I suppose eventually they'll devolve into the same thing. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this. If the adjuster really, truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. 
You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. You know what I'd like to do? Matter of fact, I'll make this very public announcement right now. Because you got that Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk battle oh, going God on right sakes. now. Right? What a disgusting thing. I will tell you what. If they'll each put up a billion dollars, okay, mm-hmm. I'll take them both on at the same time. I'll fight both of you. I got 20 bucks right here. You're going to bet on me or against me? No, I'm just going to contribute <laughs> to the to the billion dollars. I hate it when guys like those two try to act like tough guys. Well, and the latest thing is Elon Musk now is saying that he's going to challenge him. <laughs> they're they're going to see who has the biggest penis. Oh no no no! no. And it's You're not even me. it's not even humor. It's not even oh, satire. God. That, I, if I were writing a satire, that oh. that's what I would come up with. Mike, that is just depressed. This is it is depressing. We're back in like fifth grade. Yeah. That's, we're or, back in fifth grade now. Or the fifth century. I don't know. I don't know what we're back to. But, it, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a joke, right? It's the Milton Berle joke. It really is. And now it's come to fruition. Only if I have to take half of it out. Yeah, that exactly. one of the great yeah. lines of all yeah. time. Yeah. He said, I'll just show enough to win. I'm not enough to win. That's what yeah. he said. Yeah. I'll show enough to win. <laughs> that was it. That's exactly right. Yeah, I, I just I don't know how these two, they're both multi, multi, multi-billionaires, mm-hmm. Why would you even want to look like and, such an asshole? And what I what I don't know, of course, is is this going to be? Are they going to be flaccid? Or are they going to go all true. the way? Are they I wonder. Go, oh yeah, I suppose. I mean, because we got to know the rules first. Yeah, the rules would be good. I would have to agree. with I that. mean, I like one the of the rules. guys might take you know he might might take uh, Viagra before, and then they'll have oh a God. you know a gorgeous a gorgeous person uh, standing in the background. Now, that would be cheating, though. That's true. That's why you have to have rules. I always think about Sonny Barger, and I always bring it up in these situations. Elon Musk fighting Mark Zuckerberg. Mm. Sonny Barger, the head of the Hells Angels, he's now dead. Oh, yeah. He once said, everybody thinks they're a tough guy until they meet a tough guy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a brilliant yeah. comment. Uh, yeah, probably a felon, probably a very dangerous Oh, he was a very, very dangerous Oh, I would say so, yeah. (laughs) I have to agree with that. But the difference between, say, a Hell's Angel and, say, a a typical mob guy is the mob guy will have the sense to have someone do the dirty work for him. That would be smart. Yeah. That would be the smart thing But a guy like Sonny Barger, he wouldn't really have No, no, he'd like to be involved in that Yes, he'd like to be involved, yeah. No question about it. I I just... But I wonder, do you think I could publicize that? that I, you know, why don't you guys just forget it? I'll take you both on if you'll each give me a billion dollars. 
Like I say, you got 20 bucks coming from me. It's a long ways from a billion, but it's a start. And by the way, I'm not a tough guy. That's not what I'm saying would that at make all. Me a, would that make me a startup investor? I guess, yeah, I suppose. You own one fifty millionth of the uh, yeah. total share. One fifty millionth. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least I could say I have a, you know, oh, I have, God. you know, I've got some, uh, what is it that people always say? The, the thing they always, <clears throat> excuse me, now, now I've we, got now it. Now we got it. Everybody's yeah. got it. You know, the old thing about, uh, about why, why people who have no money should nevertheless be taxed. It's because, still, you know, you want to have something in the game. Oh, they you, talked him into that bullshit? Well, that no, that's just a, like a, <laughs> a cliche people use as to why people who have no money should be taxed heavily. I, I still don't understand why people put up with this taxation. I, I just don't, don't get it. It's yeah, Why do we put up with, with billionaires not paying taxes? I couldn't agree. We they pay don't. taxes and they don't. That's exactly right. I mean, and, and everybody knows it's wrong and everybody says it's wrong. We all agree on it, and right. yet it continues. Well, it's because of politics. It's because of money and politics. Do we have any good, uh, whether it's you know the Zuckerbergs and Musks of the world or our politicians, but do we have any good examples of how we should live our lives left? Are, is there anybody it's just that's you not and in it for just the you money? and me? And, I'm not, me and, and I'm not convinced about you. Oh yeah, but Andy can back me up. Yeah, exactly. You no, know. but I mean, well, the you're issue, right. of course, is if they were living their lives properly, we wouldn't hear about them because they wouldn't be on social media. That's very yeah, true. Yeah, that's that's probably true. Well, I think there are, you know, I mean, I've always had, I've always had great respect for some writers, and I still do. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, but when it comes to people who actually have power, no. Well, you don't get power by being a morally just person. No, that's, that's right. True. We we get it just the opposite way. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely true. So, do you think they actually will end up having this fight? That no. they're talking. They, no. It's never going to happen. It's it? like the atomic bomb. Once they have it, then they don't get the attention anymore. That's true. Then, then it's just a, uh, just a disaster. I still will never understand. Why did they drop the atomic bombs? Why? Because it prevented a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Like? Uh, firebombing campaigns, land invasion. I suppose. Both of which but... would have been a lot. Unfortunately, <laughs> the options were, you know, the atomic bombs, which killed a whole lot of innocent people. Yes. Or it would have been an invasion, which would have killed even more innocent people. So you, you could say Dresden maybe was the fulcrum of the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. also, yeah. I've heard that they dropped leaflets on the cities saying, hey, we're about to blow yeah, your that, city that up. Yeah, that is true, yeah. And basically the Japanese government said, no, no, stay at home. They're oh, lying to you. No. They don't have the ability to do that. Oh, no. And that is what actually caused a lot of the casualties. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because we told them to evacuate weeks in advance because the idea really was a show of force. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, look what we could do to Tokyo if we wanted to. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, yeah, the... Uh, the Japanese imperial government was very like no surrender ever, no retreat ever. Well, sure, with the same the same thing you know that Stalin had in Russia, and that's what cost them World War Two. Yep. Was yeah. that that yeah. that you know that infallibility concept? Mm-hmm. It was just propaganda. But yeah, and and anyone who thinks it can't happen again. Somebody's going to drop the atomic bomb again. It's going to happen again. Every right. country has one at this point. Yeah. They do indeed. Now, were you on the show the day that that Japanese man, I can't remember his name anymore, we had a Japanese man who had written a book about growing up right after that. And I remember the book. Yeah, the book was out. 
And the saddest thing, I will never forget him saying this because I was like, I felt like throwing up for Christ's sake. Hmm. He said, the, the thing, the toughest, I said, what's the toughest part of that whole deal? Obviously, all the, the great loss and all the rest of it. He said, well, personally, the tough part for me living in Hiroshima is that every time I walk across the bridge, my grandfather's image is burned into the side of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Well, that's, you know, that's, post, that's just post-traumatic stress. <coughs> yeah. <clears throat> Writ very large. Is it? How would you even deal with something like that? Because that flash, I'm sure, burned a lot of shadows into a lot of places. Just I rub it off, I suppose. I guess the only thing you can do is rub it off. Wow. I said, no, that I is incredible, though. Mm-hmm. You're right. Well, you know what's even more incredible? What? The story of Tsutomu Yamaguchi. So, uh, Mr. Yamaguchi mm-hmm. um, was a businessman in Japan, born in Nagasaki, of course. So, he was working in... Nag- uh, oh, wait, no. First... He was in Hiroshima okay. for business, of okay. course. So he was there at 8.15 a.m. Uh, atomic bomb drops, levels the entire city. And the following day, he decides, well, I'm going to go home now because Hiroshima's gone. I'm going to go home to my house in Nagasaki. Oh, God. Mm. Oh, God. Gets a second atomic <laughs> bomb shot. dropped on him. Oh, man. And survives to 93 years old. Really? Wow. Yep. What's his, name? What's his name? Tsutomu Yamaguchi. Oh, my God. Can you even imagine surviving two atomic bombs living to be 93 years old? <laughs> that is unbelievable. That's crazy. Just the poisoned air alone, That's supposed think. to happen. Quite no. the story, yeah. No. Well, you know, the, the, thing, the, the thing about the image burned into the bridge, I mean, it actually, that is what post-traumatic stress is. Yeah? It's yeah. images burned into your in brain. That's the physicality of, yeah. yeah, it's the physical form of PTSD. Yeah, and in his case, he probably had both. Can I ask you a question? So we learned absolutely nothing no. from 80 years ago. No. We, we haven't learned anything. No. Why? Yeah, people have been committing war crimes for yeah. well, tens of true. thousands of years, long before we started writing them down. And it's because you know, we've talked about this, but hate is so much more powerful than love. And why? And we're being told to hate mm-hmm. every every, every minute of our lives, every in some minute, people's yeah. cases. Yep. Stay right. off that damn thing. Well, I look agree. at any poster in America during any war, World War II, Vietnam, any of them. Mm-hmm. It's always going to have a dehumanizing caricature of the other side. Yeah. Because it makes them easier to kill. Yeah. Does it make you feel better about yourself? I think oh, it's I'm... more like, you know, you're told that these people are a threat to your survival. Yeah. So you've got to take them out. But, of course, first you have to be told that they're actually not people or, yeah. you know, they're close to not people. Because then humans have a built-in... Um, they don't want to kill each other. Um, but if you convince you them yeah. that the other person isn't really a person, mm-hmm. then yeah. that goes away. And that's why we have so many mass murders. Yeah, and that's been going on for decades. More yeah, it's more. just easier now. That's the only difference. Right. Well, I agree with that. Well, it used to be serial killers. Those kind of went away. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, in the 70s, a lot of serial killers, 80s, a lot of serial killers. And then they shifted well, rather than killing yeah. 10 people over the course of 20 years, 
they just kill them all at once. Well, the other thing is that there's there's a little more knowledge now about serial killers, and so they don't get to kill 50 people. That is true. They kill I mean, five have, or six, right. and they, they get busted. Fingerprinting, right. we have DNA. DNA. Everyone's got a camera everywhere these days. It's very difficult to be a serial killer yeah, these that's days, exactly I would imagine. Right. Yeah. Have you ever been to the World War II Museum in Washington, D.C.? I have not. I haven't been to the Holocaust Museum. You either. do not want to go to the Holocaust Museum, No, I don't Museum, really want Mike. to. You don't want to go I don't think I there. could take it. I don't think you could either. I could barely take it. And you, you weren't with us, I don't think, when we, we yeah, was. that. You went through the museum with us? Mm-hmm. That boxcar that's full of little children's shoes that are oh, real, by the way. Yeah. They're not made up. They're real shoes that children were wearing. It's one of the most disturbing, disgusting things. It's so incredibly sad. Why... In a way, I think that people, everybody in the world should have to go through that museum and look at all of what has happened. And, and if you can leave there still being angry at every one of your fellow men, there's something wrong with you. You know, there just is. You would think so. And I know it's all about money. It's not really about anger or anything else. It's about money. Who was the, the congressman? I think it was Paul Gosar. You know who he is? I don't think he's so. One of the, he's one of the, uh, the rightest of the right-wing guys. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, he's in that group with Marjorie Taylor Greene and Gates, those people. Your buddy. He, he actually went Who's to the Gates? Holocaust. You know, Matt Gates. He's a congressman from Florida. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, it was Getz. I think it's Getz. I think it, is. it is. Yeah, well, I, don't, I didn't know that. <laughs> this is what happens when you get your news by reading. What's well, the thing is, I've only ever read it myself. Exactly. I just assumed it was pronounced Getz. I don't know. I guess I don't really even Matt know. Matt Gates or Getz? I think I yeah. Well, which, whichever. Florida, yeah, some Florida, Florida, yeah. I was kind of surprised by that that you bring that up because he was just on TV last night bitching at someone. Oh yeah. How uh, do they pronounce his name? Uh, I didn't. I, I didn't know. Did you catch that part? But here's the part that I understand. This guy was accused of of forcing himself on a 17-year-old girl, and he's still in Congress? Well, he's accused. He's not convicted. Was it? No, it's uh, just... Uh, well, the, yeah, but but the guy, one of the guys who was convicted was like a buddy of his. And, oh, right, and okay. So they were kind of in this thing together, but uh, you know how that works. Mike from Blaine says it is pronounced Gates. We were wrong to correct you, of course. <laughs> well, of course you were. Matt Gates. Well... So what I was going to say was, so this guy Gosar, he goes to the Holocaust Museum, right? And he's he's from where? Oh no, he no he went to no he went to Auschwitz. That's what oh, it was. Oh God! And, and so what does he do when he's when he's there? Well, he does a video seeking uh, political contributions. From there. Yeah. Hmm? It's all about money. Mike. It's crazy. It's just everything's about money now. Everything is about money. And he is safe. You know, he's got one of those safe seats where he'll never ever. Be defeated. And so where is isn't he? Isn't that basically all of them? Well, yeah, it is basically all of them. Incumbents are always they win. They win some ludicrous percentage they of the do, time, yeah. no matter how bad they are. I think I is he from Arizona? I can't remember. I have no idea. I never Paul Gosar. Go, yeah, G O S A R. G O S A R. Let's see it. here. Andy's got it. Yes, he is from Arizona. Oh, okay. he is District from Arizona. Nine. That's interesting because that's a pretty liberal state now. Because of the Spanish population. Well, it's a depends. Yeah, it's it's a. I suppose it depends where you are. Yeah, that's true. It's one of those states that's you know. It's a mixture. Right on the edge, and so that's why oh, that's sure. why they attract you know billions of dollars in political contributions. Yeah. Those battleground it's a states swing make state. a yeah. lot of money. It's a swing state, and the swing states are. There are not that many of them, so if you happen to be in a swing state, yeah, the money is just gonna. I mean, it's it never stops. No, mm-hmm. I'm sure that's true. It's really sad. Yeah, it's 
it's the way things have happened. A lot of it's about gerrymandering, of course. He goes to Auschwitz for <laughs> a fundraiser. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's not funny, and yet it's funny. No, in a way it's hilarious, because how crazy can you get? Yeah, I mean, like, I want you to do something that will expose you as being the rotten motherfucking bastard you are. <laughs> well, well, there you go. Okay, I know what I'll do. <laughs> <clears throat> will it ever change, though? As long as there's currency, will it ever change? Well, as long as there's currency, as long as there's gerrymandering, as long as they're citizen versus united, as long as... I, you, know, you can just go on and on. Yeah. There's so many things now. There's not one thing that's going to stop all this craziness. No, you know, I, and I talk about this once in a while now. I just started talking about it, I suppose, a few months ago, but... Yeah, I've been a Democrat, I've been a Republican, and I'm really not affiliated with anybody mm. any longer because both of these parties drive me crazy right now, Mike. They just, they're nuts. It's interesting that we've, we've seen more more in the last few years uh, uh, people people just switching parties. Democrats yeah. are suddenly yeah. Republicans. Republicans are suddenly Democrats. And what it, what it really shows you is they don't believe in anything. That is true. It's maybe, opportunism. Yeah. yeah. And for me, it's not opportunism. I just guess I never did believe in any of that stuff. Oh, so you know, it was so easy to figure out at one time. You know, conservatives, oh, they believed in less government, right? Mm -hmm. They yes. believed staying out of your bedroom, right? Yeah, yep. Well, that's not true anymore. That's not and, true anymore. And, You're right. And, you know, you talk about Democrats the same way. They don't believe, they believed in, uh, you know, they really believed very strongly in, in a safety net. Well, no. now they're pretty selective about it, right? Yeah, they're very selective. So about they it. haven't really stuck to that either. No, it's it's just about where your money's coming from. Mm -hmm. It is all about money, and I just what amazes me about it is there are people that literally will not talk to you if they find out you don't agree with them. Yep. Just like yeah. how, how well you, they've been taught to do that. And who teaches them that? Social Internet, media a lot. Social media. Yeah. So so it's this is all about digital, isn't it? Not all. Well, it's a lot. lot. It's just accelerated it so much. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It accelerated it so much. It's, I mean, it's just totally corrupt. It is. There's no doubt about and it. And corruption isn't just about giving money to the wrong person or giving too much money. Corruption is also, you know, it can be an emotional thing. Mm -hmm. When you're just trying to distort the, the best parts of human beings and turn them right. totally around. And that's, I mean, all these people... And you look at the January 6th thing, you know, a lot of those people, you know, 10 years ago were, were just kind of like normal, everyday people uh -huh. going to work and uh -huh. concerned about their family. And then something happened. And what was that? I guess a lot of things happened. I guess. It's, all, it's everything. That's why, you know, that's why I like to say, you know, when, when they're like, you know, there's a mass shooting someplace or a kid gets stabbed to death in school. What's the cause? Well, the cause is everything. Is everything. Um, I know that's not a very optimistic viewpoint. Well, but, but it's true. I, an example of that is there are about five or six national news channels, and I can't watch any of them. I don't care what their, their position is. It's so severe, it's unwatchable. Well, Why? Yeah, I mean, I, I, do, I think the network news is pretty bland. I, I really. Oh, don't. you mean on ABC, NBC, CBS? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I talking think, about think, more about the, the yeah. newsers. Well, and, and then that. but then you know, like like here's the thing: CNN decided to become a middle of the road thing, right? They weren't going to be yeah, a confrontation. And it, but the thing was, it was easy for them to do because so many of the celebrities you see on like CNN, MSNBC, and Fox, they used to be totally opposite, but yeah, they discovered it was better for their career. 
to, to go left, to go right, whatever. But going yeah. central did not work. No, no, going central doesn't work. They lost 70% right. of their audience yeah, in like did. a month they did. when CNN decided to become a, a middle-of-the-road thing. What was the guy's name? Chris? Yeah, Licht or something? Chris Licht, I think you're right. I don't know how it's pronounced either. I think it is Chris Licht. Yeah. But he got fired. Well, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> he got the hook. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid... I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Endorser. I, I, is there any... Okay, if, if you... Well, Andy's a good example. He has a one-and-a-half-year-old child. Where mm. does he go with all this? How does he raise his child? Andy? Uh... What do you mean? Without having his mind be poisoned like, how by How do you all these... shield him from all how this? Do you shield... That's a good way to put it. How do you shield him from the world? Oh, his generation is going to grow up thinking that social media and TV media are for old people. Good. So I hope so. I think he'll solve himself, basically. Why do you think What's that, like, It's good well, news. For me, my generation, millennials and younger... We never watch the TV news, ever. No, that's true. Yeah. Because it's for old people. I mean, that's not what I thought. I just didn't care about it, and I, you know, I never would. Yeah. But a lot of people, it's just like, you know, if that's what your parents did, then it's out. Uh, it's outdated. It's old-fashioned, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. yeah, so I can't true. do that, obviously. No, but, I remember my, uh, my son had a bunch of friends over, my oldest son, and they were like 13. And someone said, hey, uh, you know, uh, uh, I see you got the... Uh, I don't the Metallica CD or something, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, and my son said, oh, "Are you kidding me? I don't want to hear that. My dad listens to that." <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs> but let me ask you a question about that. I'm glad you brought that up. I don't think there's any bigger Glenn Miller fan in the world than me. Well, that's because you're a very distorted person. I'm very you're distorted. You're a sick bastard. <laughs> you sick need bastard. help. But my because my mother loved it, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, I can see that. You know, she would play Glenn Miller in the house, and I grew up, you know, watching her be so happy about it. And yeah, you know, and and there, therefore, I became a Glenn Miller. Died, uh, you know, six, seven, eight years. Before but you're I was talking born. about you're not talking about an artistic sensibility. You're talking about nostalgia. That is true. Yeah, that is absolutely that's a, that's right. A, it's difficult to say. I think it's like so, you know, if your parents used to listen to this and it's, it's what they listened to while you were growing up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then at some point they stop, yeah. that thing becomes representative of your childhood. 
Whereas that's if true. your mom had yeah, been listening true. to Glenn Miller through your teenage years and 20s, probably you different. probably would have gotten sick of it and been like, oh, this is just old person music. Oh, yeah. My mother loves show tunes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And to this day, I, I, I think I break out in hives if I hear a show tune. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But then again, I, it's not like I had a happy childhood either. That's so if, true. if I had, it might be totally different. Yeah, nostalgia means uh, yeah. the, the algia part is uh, very strong for you. That's a good point, yep. But uh, there, it also depends on the person, of course. Yeah. You know, some people are just, they seem to be more inclined to hate old things, whereas some people are neutral and some people even like them. It's, it's hard yeah. to say. I find it interesting that my kids... Um, especially my youngest son, well, more my youngest son because he's been a musician for most of his life. Right. He, you know, I, or, but it's true of Max too, my middle son. If, if, you know, if I talk about like the, it wouldn't even have to be the Beatles, you know, it could be, or the Rolling Stones, it could be, you know, pretty much any music I like. And I've liked like since I was 14 or something. They know it. They know that music. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And I, that always amazes me that they're hip to that stuff. They, they don't necessarily like it, but they're aware of it. But see, I do like all that big band music and all that stuff. And yeah. I'm, you know, uh, one of my favorite memories, I think I was maybe six years old, maybe somewhere in there. And I remember my father, who was still around at that time, so I had to be at least six or seven, mm. something like that. He got in a big argument with my sister Bobby about the garbage music she listened to. This guy Elvis Presley is disgusting. Oh, well, well, Elvis, yeah, that was. He was disgusting. He was a horrible human being, and blah blah blah. My dad came home, and this is tough for me to say. My dad came home from work. Oh yeah. What he worked one day. Both times. Where did he yeah, work? Both times. He was at Caldwell Press in downtown Minneapolis hmm. on Washington Avenue and yeah. about Second North. The building's still there. So what did he do there? He was a printing pressman. Oh, well, well, then he's okay in my book. Yeah, yeah. there you go. But uh, he came home, and he says, Bobby, that was my sister, get in here. I'm going to play some good music for you, not that garbage you listen to that's horrible. This is music. Yeah. He takes the little 45, and for younger people, you don't even know what the hell that is. Yeah. But it's a single. It's called a single. A single, yeah. Mm-hmm. He takes it out not of the little pack. Not that they know what that is either. Not that they know what that is either. <laughs> we it's didn't one really song. explain that. It's one song on vinyl. Well, we used to buy them at the drugstore for 29 cents. You got that Merwin Drugs on Lindale mm-hmm. and Broadway, baby. But he takes it out, puts it on the record player, plays it, and it's Love Me Tender by Elvis Presley. The very guy he was railing That's, on. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, first, the, fir- the first two two singles I bought, Hound Dog was one. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. And I think I really, one of the reasons I bought it was because i thought if i listened to it enough i could understand what the hell he was saying it's tough it's very tough <laughs> it is tough to and then the other out. one was um handyman by jimmy jones oh great song yeah that's a great song mm-hmm. do you think that's part of it the fact there's such a disconnect in literature in music in television in movies uh from gender to, i suppose because it was all so new there wasn't that big a disconnect between our parents and us because yeah. all that stuff was well, everything new. moved slowly or, or yeah, that's more a, slowly. Yeah, that's a good then. point. That is a very good point. It wasn't like uh, it's the celebrity of the week. Back then, it was the celebrity of the decade. Yeah, there's a, it's got to be something new now. Now it's yeah, it's a celebrity. Most celebrities, I'd say, ninety nine percent of them, they're big for 
maybe five years tops. Yeah, the idea that new is good is yep. just it's just not not a great idea. Not and back then there was also a lot fewer celebrities too. Well, that's I mean, true. you could probably name half of the biggest celebrities from any given decade before probably like the 70s. Yeah. But around then it started being like there was a new one every week. Yeah. So you had to keep up. You had to keep up with the new celebrity and the old celebrities went on the wayside. And, and, and Elvis was generational. He was, yes. He wasn't just, you know, and he just, he was the thing for so many years. Today, and I, I've said this before, well, I used to say this in the morning show, today if Elvis was here, he'd be a judge on like, yep. a, you know, America has mm-hmm. talent yeah, Probably. Or well, yeah. it doesn't matter how good you are when the talent pool is so <laughs> diluted yeah. that you can be replaced in an instant. That's true. I mean, back then... How many massive singers like Elvis were there? There's probably like ten or twenty in total. Mm. Yeah. Probably. Whereas yeah, no. now it's a well, record I've, company wants to pump ten billion dollars into this big new thing. They can do that in no time. Mm-hmm. I, I remember being in Las Vegas, visiting my my cousins when I was I think I was probably about eleven or twelve, and uh, my cousin was like she was just she was so ecstatic. Not just for a moment, like all the time I was there, because she had seen Elvis walking down the street. Oh yeah, it's like oh, yeah. That, that was like a, a you know, that was just uh, like a, a game changer just to see the guy. Like, oh, he really exists. He you know? really exists. But was it actually him, or was it an impersonator? <laughs> right, we'll never know. We'll never know. Uh, in those days, there I don't think there were impersonators no? so much. No. Well, everybody did try to look like Elvis, though. But yeah, that is true. Did. Oh yeah. Yeah, they all did. They all wore the mutton chops. Oh God. Remember the mutton chops? Mm. Oh, there's. You know how I would look in mutton chops? Uh, I look like a fool. I know how I would look because all I have to do is look at an old photograph. Really, you had mutton chops? Well, not so. I did. I did, <laughs> but it was sort of unintentional. You know, it just sort of happened. They were pretty big in the early '80s, I'd say, late '70s. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the, like, record industry, it seems. Like, look at any picture of someone in the record industry from that era. Oh, yeah. They always had the mutton chops and that, like, almost a mullet but not quite kind of thing going. Yeah, yeah. My dad, um, his big thing was Louis Armstrong. Oh, I love Louis Armstrong. Loved Louis Armstrong. Oh, yeah. He was by far my dad's favorite. Hello, Dolly. Yeah, and, of course, part of it was that my dad had played the trumpet. Oh, yeah. oh, I didn't know that. Well, my dad, when he was in the Army, that was his first assignment was to was play the taps. Bo- was he the boogie-woogie-bugle boy? Uh, no. I, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. But he, you know, before he went into Army intelligence, that was, that was he did revelry, you know. Mm-hmm. I think he actually still did when he was in Army intelligence. Yeah. Someone had to. Well, it's a 30-second job. Yeah, it's not a big deal. No, no need to have someone whose life is dedicated to playing revelry and taps. Now, the funny thing is, you know, racetracks... Still, some racetracks, but it used to be all racetracks, had actually had a guy who would play revelry, you know, before the race. Yep. And uh, before most of them just went to a scratchy recording. Yeah. And then eventually, of course, to high technology. Mm -hmm. But the fact was, most of those guys couldn't play the bugle at all. So it just just came out warped and horrible. 30 seconds, and they couldn't do it. That is true. And is there someone now... Well, it wouldn't be on TV because a lot of people your age don't even watch TV. They watch streaming. They don't watch the live television or whatever. The reason I'm asking is there one person with the great influence? Because when I was a kid, and there was just a special on, on, it about, on television about this, that if you 
were not liked by Ed Sullivan, you had no shot. That included Elvis Presley, it included the Beatles, it included every actor. Nah. He literally had one out of every three people in America watch him every Sunday night. No, there's nothing even close to that anymore. I didn't think so. <laughs> Well, yeah, because, um, you know, like, remember, so much more available. the Beatles well, like said, had to go, go on Ed Sullivan. Yes, they did. That was their first thing, and they yep. and you couldn't hear a word they sang. No, you couldn't. Because the screaming people in the audience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, like I said, it's it's dilution. It's there is, it's not Ed Sullivan anymore. It's 10 Ed Sullivans. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. So if you take any given talk show fan, they're going to be picking one of these 10, so each one of them gets 10% of the audience. Yeah. I mean... Comedians, uh, performers, actors, all the rest of it, you literally, unless you were invited on Ed Sullivan, you were never going to make it big. Isn't that weird? Back then it wasn't so A little weird. too much I power. Yeah, it's a lot, That's of, a power. lot of power. That's a lot of power, yeah. And I, from what I understand, Ed did used to kind of abuse that power mm-hmm. once in a while, but, you know. Not Ed. Not Ed. Come on Sullivan. now. Come on, not Ed. You're not going to tell me that. But, uh, Are you going to tell me he had like a harem around him? Uh, I can't kill you there. And yeah. I got a really big, yeah, I can't. for all you youngsters. And here's my really big penis. One of my favorite <laughs> things that he ever did, and I can't remember who he introduced, but I will say it was Ethel Merman. It wasn't Ethel Merman, mm-hmm. but I'll say it was. And all ladies and gentlemen out in the audience, now starving on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, yeah. Not starring, but starving on yeah, Broadway. Yeah. That was it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he had some problems with enunciation. <laughs> yes, was he did. Definitely a problem there. Uh, Topo GGO, remember that? Topo GGO. Like, like if you had a mouse act, mm-hmm. and he liked to, you became famous. And that's the only reason Topo GGO ever did become well, famous. Well, obviously. Obviously, was... obviously the only reason it ever happened. But Ed, I suppose you're talking the 1950s, right? Mm-hmm. So again, you got about 150 million people living in America at that time, maybe 100. And, 53 by, by 1960, 155, something like that. But, I mean, if you had control of this country by having every Sunday night one-third of the country tuning in, yeah, and that would leave, of course, about another third that you didn't give a rat's ass if they tuned in or not because they were too old or too young. Mm-hmm. And there are these moments, you know, signature moments that we always are going to remember that don't exist anymore. But one of the ones for me was when Albert Brooks came on the Carson show Phenomenal. as Albert Bloch, the yeah. mime. The mime. And it was one of the greatest comic acts I've ever seen. I was probably 10 he at the time. He was brilliant. Yeah. Oh, God. I was more than 10. I probably was 15. Albert Brooks was one of the funniest human beings ever born. Uh, absolutely. Well, he was an Einstein. So well, he had yeah, to be a genius. Einstein. Well, that's true. Albert Einstein's his real name. Yeah. No question about it. Well, that it. would be a burden, wouldn't it? Having the name Albert Einstein? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I suppose I mean, it probably not would. today because most people wouldn't know who he was, but... I guess they would, but it wouldn't mean much. I knew a nice young Jewish girl mm-hmm. many, many years ago, and the family name was Gitler. Well, I'm familiar with the Gitlers, yeah. Can you imagine going through life being a Jew named Gitler? <laughs> that had to have been a thrill. Well, huh? for, for one guy in the family, it was more than a name. It was, yeah. It was a way true. of life. No, that's true. Well, that's a very good point. So you do know the family. Mm-hmm. Just go by Gitler. Yeah, Gilaire. Yeah, yeah. My name is Gilaire. That's my last name. <laughs> well, yeah. But, yeah well, I like, didn't know you knew the family like I did. Well, you know, I, 
I've got some insight into I've the been community. Around. I've been around. You probably know more people who are Jewish than I do, but. That's probably true. It's <laughs> probably true. Because I didn't know any Jews until I was like, you know, in college. I mean, I knew Jews, like, but I didn't, in a lot of cases, I didn't know they were Jewish. I had no Judar because I had no cousins. Yeah, mm-hmm. there. well, that's a very good point. Uh, yeah, so it didn't, in the Mishbuka was like, you know, three people. Where did you go to grade school? I went to Groveland Park Elementary. Oh, you did? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's still around, isn't it? It's still around. I thought and so. And I thought, like, when I went there, I thought this, it had to be 100 years old, that building. Mm-hmm. Obviously, oh, yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. But maybe that's just a kindergarten thing when you start oh, out. I actually had a moment like that uh, fairly recently, in fact. So I, for some reason, was looking up an old teacher of mine to see if she was still around. Oh, I've done that, yeah. Oh, have you really? And I looked her up. And not only was she still around, she didn't look terribly old, like maybe 70. Mm-hmm. In my memory, as a first grader, yeah, right, right. she had to have been 100 years old. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, oh, she must have died in the 80s. Nope, she's still around. Oh, I, I thought she, she must have been like 40 years old when I was a kid. But yeah. to me, that yeah. was ancient. No, all my life, I've thought that most of the teachers I had were, you know, like 80 years old. Yep. But in reality, they, most of them were only 75. Oh, well. Well, you know, it's a big and difference. And believe me, the teachers were very old in those days. And they were, from, they were from World War II, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it's hard to think of that now, but they had been teachers before World War II. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, there were a few men around, but they went off to war, so they never came back. And, and of course, the women who bore children, they couldn't stay on anymore. So you, the teachers were basically very old women who were never going to have babies. Mm-hmm. That was a big part of it. And, and, but when I was in, I think, fifth grade, then Miss Barthol came along. Oh, who's Miss Barthol? I want to hear about Miss Barthol. Miss Barthol was about, I mean, in my mind, she was 25. Uh, but she was so much younger than the others. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she was blonde, as I recall. Uh-oh. Yeah. And that put a whole, I mean, all of a sudden I was eager to go to school. And, but, and, but she, she was actually, you know, she got it, you know. She, she could connect with us because she was young enough. And, and we listened to every word she, ha- she said. And she was fantastic. She was a great teacher. But so many of the teachers were tired. Yep. They were old and they were tired. And, yeah, and yeah. You know, it was just like every day was Groundhog Day for them. It's amazing. And don't, don't get me wrong, they liked kids. You know, it wasn't right, that. Right. It's just that they were weary, just like I would be today if I had to, to go to school mm-hmm. every day and teach kids. I was just trying to run through my head thinking of one teacher I ever had that I liked. Yeah. I can't come up with one. I had a bunch. Did you really? Because I never did. I never got along with teachers. They wouldn't have known it based on how I behaved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's a different well, story. Yeah, for yeah. me, it was. That's why high school was such a. A weird experience for me because I go from there uh, University. To, to going to like you know teachers who are going for their masters or mm-hmm. PhD. Mm-hmm, right. You know, what a what a culture shock that was. Different deal. And all of a sudden, the teachers are twenty three years old. We have to remember until eighth grade, it was nuns for me. Well, yep. not in, not in kindergarten. I went to public school. Yeah, Ms. Peckham was my teacher when I was in. Kindergarten. What school was that? Um, was it Emerson right there on uh, Spruce Place, yeah. twelve hundred Spruce Place? Yeah, yeah. I went to Emerson. For uh, kindergarten, and I went to the Basilica. I went to three different uh, schools in first grade because we moved twice. Well, it wasn't that you got expelled. Emerson is still around. Yeah, Emerson is still around. Is it still a a school? It's a dual language school now. Oh, is it really? Mm -hmm. That would make sense where it is. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. All right, we only got about 30 seconds left. What do you want to close with? 
I just want to tell people to uh, not turn their air conditioner up to 72 degrees, but just hang in there at 75 or 6 or 78 if you're old because we're going to have power outages all around the country. So yeah. be a little kinder to your grid is what I'm saying. Why didn't our, our leadership do more about this? They could have forced people to behave, you know. Well, they could have also updated our crumbling infrastructure that with those was, billions of dollars they had. That yeah. would have been they good. decided not to do that. <clears throat> so it's all money again, isn't it, Andy? Uh, while it's money makes power. Yeah, yep. and it's greed. Yep. And it's greed. Money is greed, but, you yes, know, it is. just to clarify it. All right, well, I don't have to run to the bank. I'm very happy I don't have to. It's <laughs> a very specific thing to be happy about. Exactly. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you.